For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Bolio. In 2020, National Instruments, an Austin, Texas-based hardware, software, and services company, announced a name change to NI. As part of the rebrand, the company unveiled a new logo, visual identity, and a modernized website to reflect its people-first mindset and commitment to making a positive impact on humanity. NI also updated its brand purpose, which calls on all innovators from individuals to enterprises to engineer ambitiously. It's about connecting the bold people, ideas, and technologies required to solve the world's most pressing challenges while celebrating the contributions of engineers. By 2030, NI hopes to hit several moonshot goals, including building a more diverse, inclusive, and equitable workplace and achieving zero waste at company-owned buildings. Joining me to discuss NI's higher order purpose and drive to change the world for the better are Anna Viegas, the company's chief marketing officer, and her colleague, Tabitha Upshaw, senior director of brand, reputation, and impact. Anna, Tabitha, welcome to the podcast. Ken, thank you so much for having us. Glad to have you here. Hi, good to be here. (laughs) Terrific. And I do want to start with you. As part of your rebrand, your purpose and values were updated to ensure alignment with the company's business strategy. Can you just talk about the importance of that process? Absolutely happy to. So when we were going to the, you know, all the work for the rebrand, it was very important for us to make sure we are aligning with the strategy. And we were not only modernizing what you would traditionally think as a brand, the logo, the colors, but we were looking at it holistically. So what will the, you know, the the impact and the, and the change mean to not only customers, but to employees, to investors, to communities? And mm-hmm. when you start thinking at this through this expanded lens, you realize that purpose and values need to be part of the picture. Values mm-hmm. because we were modernizing and we felt our values need to also be modernized as part of this. And we needed our employees to identify with similar values all across the world. And mm-hmm. um, purpose, because it's your why. Why should I be coming to work every day? Why am I loyal to this company? And even for customers, what? why does it make it different versus the products or services they provide to me? So it was intrinsic part of, of the, the revamp to have this more holistic approach and, and work in this uh, together. I want to pick up on uh, a comment you made about values. There are now just three, and that's uh, be bold, be kind, and be connectors. So how did you settle on those three in particular and in what ways do you expect them to impact the business moving forward? For us, it was very important that the value was part of what uh, our employees represented and our employees care about. So this was not a word that was done in a silo. This was a word where we got feedback from employees, what were their passions, what were their cares, at the same time that we were saying, what do we need to be a modern organization, though, what do we need to change? Connectors was the one that really highlights the way NI employees work. They all, they always come together. They respect our point of views. We are looking into making improvements, right, as a team. And I think we wanted to really highlight that value because it was just intrinsic to the DNA of our company. The second one, bold was part of taking this modernized, you know, approach to the company. We were, we have been changing 
the function, right? Elevating what each function is doing, uh, making better and, and improving the roadmap for product for our customers. We are also improving the way we sell through our partners, through our website. So there were so many changes coming that we knew that bold was something that people need to be in order to keep driving this transformation. And the last one, the, the one around be kind, that one was actually very clear modernization from where we were. At NI, the main value was being nice. The mm -hmm. challenge with being nice is that you didn't challenge others' perspective, right? You're always saying yes. You're always saying, how can I accommodate? And we needed to really make the team think different in order to continue. So that's mm -hmm. how we arrived to, to these three values for the company. Sure. Tabitha, I want to turn to you right now. I, I love the fact that uh, Anna had mentioned that, that the rebrand involved the entire organization, that you did reach out to employees. But that can be a challenge sometimes. Um, what did you do to ensure buy-in across the board? Yes, absolutely. And so really, we we looked at it through the lens of change management, right? Because that's essentially what this is. And so most companies stop at, a, at awareness, which, you know, and, and that's okay. Uh, but we really thought, okay, not only do we need to make employees aware of what we're doing, um, but the why behind it, sure. the why now is super, super important. And then also think about, okay, now they really have to adopt and believe, and then they have to advocate and integrate into, into their day-to-day. -day. And mm -hmm. so this effort was definitely championed by the C-suite and, and our VP and executive level. It was activated throughout the company. And so we did things like train the trainers for our HR, HR business partners, which was really, really important to set the tone at the top and knew that this was advocated and supported um, at the highest levels. But we had to ensure buy-in of every employee. and so. We created a lot of content and had a lot of forums. Um, we really rallied managers as well because you know studies will will tell you that uh, employees are really getting their their day to day information and kind of their their day to day you know the way they do their 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 work day to day from their managers. And so we had things called manager connects uh, where we trained managers and really got managers to talk about what they would do differently as a result of our new values and our new purpose. And so what are what are the new norms that we needed to do? And so it was that activation process and that two-way dialogue that I think was really, really important to get people to, to think about what we were doing differently. And then you have to keep, you have to keep the drumbeat going. And so after the launch, we used all of our you know, internal communications channels like Yammer. Our CEO does a biweekly video. We've got quarterly all company meetings. And so to make sure that we're always talking about our purpose, elevating people who are living our values and demonstrating our values. And so it wasn't a one and done thing. This is something that we integrate into our communications and have for, for the last couple of years. Just to build on that, and, and I'll let either one of you answer this question. Obviously, the importance of marketing communications to all of this, but it's not just when you're talking about rolling out a, um, new purpose initiatives or a rebrand, it's not just a marketing exercise. You need the buy-in across the organization. You certainly had that. 
Is that something that as you went into this process, that that was important to make people realize that, you know, it's not marketing that's lead, marketing may lead it, but it's not just marketing that's carrying this thing out fully. A hundred percent. HR was in lockstep with marketing um, hand in hand, particularly Mm -hmm. on the values work. Right. And so that was really, really important to our HR team. um, Rightfully so that um, they were key parts of it. And we brought in so many people from from different parts of the organization to do in-depth interviews. Uh, and so that was, I think Anna spoke to it earlier, right? Like we, it, this had to feel organic and authentic and we had right. to listen not only to our employees, but our customers as well. And so I think, you know, because we did such a good job of, of listening in that integration, it did, it didn't feel like, oh, this thing that marketing came at us with, right? right. Tabitha, I want to stay, stay with you for a minute here. Um, one of the key focus areas uh, of yours now is to change the face of engineering, which is, you know, a real noble cause, obviously. Please tell our listeners how you're going about that. Yeah, definitely. And so to give a little context to, as to what that is, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, shortly after our rebrand, um, we created what we we're calling our corporate impact strategy. Mm-hmm. So think CSR, ESG, that's that's what we consider corporate impact. And it's one of the ways that we demonstrate our purpose. And so we wanted, when we thought about corporate impact, we thought about, okay, what are the ways that NI can make a positive impact on people, you know, on society? And we thought about what are the what are the big issues that we need to help solve that, um, like I said, are material to, to the company and and diversity in engineering is a, is a huge one of those. So sure. we as a society or, and, you know, as in technology have been talking about diversifying the, the STEM pipeline for at least 20 years, right? Like these conversations are happening. And a lot of times what companies, you know, will say is like, well, the, the pipeline, you know, there's not the diversity in the pipeline and therefore I can't. I can't hire, you know, diverse folks and, and sure. people of color and women. And and we just felt like we got to do something about that, right? Like there was just this huge passion of like, what can we do to, to really think, make us think differently? And so that's really where Change the Faces of Engineering came from, right? We wanted to articulate these ways, um, you know, our, our strategy into actionable outcomes. And so that's where Change the Faces of Engineering came from. Uh, you know, and we're doing it through a lot of different ways. So this isn't just about diversifying our own company, um, but this is also about diversifying, you know, reaching down into the pipeline through our partnerships, our philanthropic efforts to uh, make sure, you know, all the way from K, K through 12, that we are supporting nonprofits who are getting, um, you know, STEM education mm-hmm. into the hands of um, underserved and underrepresented communities. Anna, you had alluded to this uh, earlier in your comments about, you know, in the past that you were focused primarily on customers, but now you've, you know, you're, when you look at your campaigns, it's much broader than that. You're speaking to, to investors, employees, communities, you know, all stakeholders. Talk about the impact that you hope that this shift will have uh, on the business. So I think that when we think about reputation, right, traditional, we'll have to look at brand and native awareness. That was our metric. And we look at 
an audience and what's our customers and how we're doing and the product we're making. But really, when you think about reputation, as you mentioned, it's all this component, right, that is beyond your customers. That doesn't mean we don't continue to work with the customers and build their stories, sure. but also means that in the way we work now, marketing is partnering with HR, right, with our chief of HR to make sure that everything around employees and how we reach employees, how we talk about the employee value proposition is driving change is helping with you know lower attrition loyalty retention etc partnering with also our corporate impact team uh which Tavata leads in order to make sure that we are aligned and driving into the moonshot goals so mm -hmm. looking at those metrics and uh, partnering with the investor relations uh, you know organization to make sure we are also talking to investors in this different way because mm -hmm. then you can say okay then my brand it's multi-dimensional versus my brand is just one dimension so we are right now in the process of finalizing what are the key metrics we want to have across all of these dimensions and i think in terms of what you know what we see as at impact definitely as i was saying helping us drive not only the loyalty of our customers, but the loyalty of our employees, the loyalty of our communities, um, the loyalty of our investors. Mm -hmm. One of the um, you know latest uh, wins that we had is Newsweek named NI as one of their most trusted and most responsible companies list. That's a huge you know win for us yes. because that's where we want to be we are not we don't want to just be driving brand awareness for the sake of brand awareness we want to make it better for everybody so they they want to be part of an eye well congratulations on on uh that that newsweek honor that's terrific you you had mentioned marketing being aligned closely aligned with hr is that something that often gets overlooked it's interesting because i do think that COVID brought a lot of changes, right? And mm -hmm. make us realize that we have to think first about the people. And for me, as a CMO, it's making me realize that as important as my employees, as the customers are the employees. Sure. So it has shifted and it has also shifted that the time I will have used to spend with the HR leader. Mm -hmm. We are constantly working together in projects, in groups. We just, month ago, we went to a conference together because we are learning how we can, you know, instead of one by one, please two, we can really get into a tree by right. combining our efforts. So mm -hmm. I, I do think that I have seen a, a shift overall in, in how marketing now is working with HR, not only for me, but also for some of my colleagues in, in other, uh, you know, companies. Hey there, Beyond Profit listener. The ANA Educational Foundation, or AEF for short, helps marketers and advertisers build their talent pipelines with top diverse candidates while preparing students for careers in marketing. Through initiatives like the MADE Internship Program, the Campus Speakers Program, and one-to-one -one mentoring, the AEF is building a better, more purposeful future for our industry. For more information, visit AEF.com. And now, back to our show. Tabitha, I want to I want to return back to you. Um, there are many studies out there right now that show that you know, B2B buyers, they not only want to align with purposeful companies, they want to you know, buy products from them, they want to work for them, et cetera. And they're willing to pay more actually uh, for those products. 
So in, in terms of your focus on purpose, was, was that one of the underwriting goals was just to, to meet those expectations of B2B buyers? You know, are you driving more interest in NI specifically because of your purpose efforts? So yes, is the short answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll um, build off of something that Anna said earlier, which is really looking holistically um, across our stakeholder groups. And so, you know, our employees, our, our, our employees, you know, want us to be purpose driven um, and make a difference in society. Our investors are asking us about this too, um, as well as as our customers, right? So it mm-hmm. is it is coming from everywhere, you know, all of our stakeholders. But to touch on our customers um, a little bit more comprehensively. You know, first and foremost, our customers want products that meet their needs, right? Mm-hmm. Like that absolutely won't change. Um, but customers more and more want to make sure that the people that they, uh, the companies that they're doing business with are doing business responsibly. Mm-hmm. So we are part of our customers' supply chain and we are held and as companies, particularly publicly traded companies, we are held account- accountable for things that happen in our supply chain. Sure. Um, you know, because what we do could reflect reflect poorly on our customers. And um, you know, same goes with us with our supply chain. We are absolutely seeing more and more of our customers asking us about things like human rights, what are our climate goals? They are requesting us to make specific commitments around climate goals and then also around diverse representation. In some cases, this is, uh, you know, a a reactive message or request. So they might ask us these things in RFPs. And then, you know, of course, um, a lot of our customers have vendor audits. And so they make sure that we are actually doing the things that, that we're doing. But uh, we are more and more proactively engaging with our customers. And so one example of that is in uh, a, a flagship event that we hold uh, in May in Austin called NI Connect. Uh, we proactively convened a set of customers and their leaderships specifically to talk about ESG and to share practice, uh, mm-hmm. share best practices. So sure. it's, it's definitely top of mind. And, you know, another important focus area of NIs is engineering a healthy planet. And uh, you're offering a discount or you're donating products to organizations developing green technology. And and you're also another another focus area is to getting employees to volunteer for environmental initiatives. Again, another noble cause. So how are you raising awareness of these programs, both internally with employees and externally with your customers? And in other stakeholders. So externally, we, you know, we have our corporate impact program and we talk about these efforts as part of the corporate impact program. We are actually interesting enough. We are going to be scaling up the message and, and, you know, how much time we spend talking about this based on feedback from customers. So we did the research to understand from customers what are the things they want to hear from us in general. There is a lot of things around our performance, right? How we can, and I can help them in the different areas that, that they are driving optimization. But there is another part that I think was very interesting around ESG. 
And so we are bringing those together, but it's based on research, not just saying, oh, I'm going to do it because I want to do it. And it will be part of our campaign. That's externally. Internally, it's part of our internal, our employee communication roadmap, but part of our QBD is part of what uh, we update our employees with, part of volunteering programs. And there is also, I think we have very passionate individuals across the company. So they they come and they drive and they volunteer to be part of these efforts and be the grassroots that drive things in the regions because you know we have we have a large uh, organization. So those are the two areas where we are, you know, in, in driving this. We also, and it's important to call out um, when you think about externally, we're engaged with local, state, and national uh, government officials, as well as communities, advocates, and, party, and partners. And mm -hmm. we discuss also this very openly with our investors. So it's for us at the top of our list of things that we want to communicate and want to make sure companies and people know what we're doing. Correct me if, if, if I'm wrong. It sounds to me that your stakeholders are asking you to get involved in a lot of different issues. Does it really come down to you know picking and choosing what's right for NI in terms of it, making sure it's aligned with your values, et cetera, that those are the things that you'll pursue? As part of the corporate impact you know, strategy that was launched back in 2020, we had three pillars, diversifying the, the phase of engineering, right? Equitable mm -hmm. compensation and, and driving a healthy planet. So where we work into different areas and we have a monthship goals. So when we start discussing about different efforts, they have to be aligned to one of these pillars. They have to be aligned to part of the goals. Mm -hmm. And then we start talking about what are the activities we need to do. But I think we always come back to our pillars. Tabitha, speaking of goals, you've announced that you want to hire more women and people of color by 2023. Talk about some of the ways that the company is inspiring the next generation of engineers. Yeah, so I think we're doing it in a couple of different ways. One is through our uh, university partnerships and um, the way we work with um, college grads. And then the other is through our uh, giving efforts. And so I will focus first on our giving efforts. So uh, when we created our corporate impact strategy, we also um, revamped our uh, giving strategy or our philanthropic strategy. And so we decided, okay, what do we need to do if we want to change the face of engineers? So what we're focusing on is giving to nonprofits who are who have a hands-on engineering mm -hmm. um, curriculum because we know that that's that's the way that you can um, turn people into engineers is when they they you know they get to work on actual projects and get excited about it and so we're working uh, like with. Well, first, I'll talk about FIRST. Um, so mm -hmm. FIRST Robotics. And FIRST has been around for a long time. They basically, you know, their goal was to treat robotics um, like sports. And so they have championships and it's a lot of fun. And I have been working with FIRST for probably 10, 15 years. And we do a very significant product donation uh, to them. So the brains of the robots are actually our rubber Rio controllers. And we have hundreds, if not maybe thousands of people across the company who mentor uh, these robotics teams. Um, and so that's really um, legacy to, to NI. We've also added uh, new partners. We call them strategic partners. And Code to College is uh, another uh, organization who we work with. And so they focus almost solely on 
underserved and also people of color and uh, and girls. And that we do high school apprenticeships with them. So not college interns and apprenticeships, but high school apprenticeships. And so mm-hmm. they've got an after school program and we've actually hired uh, high school apprentices to work for NI. And then our um, recruitment program has completely changed as well. Um, we are, we know there are great uh, and wonderful engineers out there everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Not just at the the top tier engineering schools. And so we've really opened our aperture and expanded the, the universities that we recruit from. We've got partnerships with ACC um, here, Austin Community College, for those of you do, who don't live in Austin and don't know what ACC is. And so, uh, and really, you know, focusing on um, diversity in, in those programs as well. So those are some of the exciting changes. And then once you do get into NI, a key element of the, uh, the uh, new grad program is some of them actually go on rotation. Mm-hmm. So they get to see different aspects of the, the company. So an engineer might, you know, come over to marketing for um, for a project just to see what we're up to. Sure. That's amazing. Tabitha also, you know, the company desires equity and total rewards for all employees in similar roles and levels. Are you, look? do you, do you think that this will be a competitive advantage? Do you look at it that way? Or yeah. do you say like, we're hoping that by doing this, it'll rally around, it'll rally the whole industry around this. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so important. Right. And so, um, it's a key part of our our messaging, our, our employer branding is to know that that people will get paid equitably at NI. And it is it is when people ask me like, hey, you know, how are we doing on on specific goals? It, it typically people are asking about pay equity mm-hmm. or where they can find our our pay equity numbers. So we publish once a year, we publish how we're doing. Um, from a pay equity standpoint. And mm-hmm. so it is It is very important to uh, employees at NI. And it is absolutely, you know, to know if you're um, a woman engineer um, or really anybody, but um, specifically engineers or a person of color, um, that you are on a level playing field when you, when you come to NI. So I want to end, Anna, with you. Purpose and profit are not mutually exclusive. That's the way that we look at it. That, in other words, a well-conceived purpose will ultimately, over time, drive profitability. Do you feel that fact often gets lost? I think it's improving. It used to get very lost, right? I watch. I just found an article from Harvard Business Review from 2018 where they were saying why company needs to start thinking about purpose. So that was just for you know four years ago. Company didn't even had it. And again, I think the pandemic, the crisis, everything that has happened has awoken people. And now, you know, stakeholders, investors, uh, customers, and even employees are asking about it. I have interviewed people who are now new, especially younger people who are coming to a workforce. The first thing they ask is, what is the purpose of your company, right? Yeah. Why are you here? Why should I care working for you? And those are questions that didn't came up a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was not part of things. So for me, it shifted and companies really need to start thinking about driving purpose and to drive profitability because that's the way and that's what 
even customers will make a decision of why to buy in company A versus company B because of the purpose, which mm-hmm. is extremely powerful. I, uh, I'm going to pile on to what <laughs> Anna said. Um, it's, uh, you know, is, has every company gotten there yet? No, it, mm-hmm. that's okay. But it is, I've been in this space for over 15 years specifically. And so just to see, to just see how it's grown and started to take root, particularly from an investor side, right? To in, investors literally have, not all, but some investors have their own models, their own financial models, and they're doing their own correlation analysis to show, to, you know, to prove, you know, you can't ever get to causation, right? But there's a strong correlation between uh, what companies are doing, um, you know, purpose-driven, doing good to make a positive impact on society beyond, you know, making a making a dollar or a widget. Um, and so, it, you know, and so it's there, I think probably what's, what's holding back a lot of companies is just like, how, like, how do we go That's get right. this done? Right. And, you know, in fairness for, for some B2B companies, it's, it's kind of a retrofit, right? Like you kind of, you got to dig deep and think about, okay, well, you know, what is it? And so it's, it's a, you have to really reflect inward and, to figure out what beyond, you know, making a, a product, you know, do we, can, you know, can we benefit society? And right. so, yeah. Terrific. What a great way to end. Anna, Tabitha, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. To learn more about NI and how it's making a meaningful difference through purpose, please visit ni.com. That's ni.com. And if you would like to recommend a topic or a guest for this podcast, please email me at brandpurpose at ANA.net. Until next time, thanks for listening.